This week on Inside Motorsport, we speak to two people who were inducted into the heroes of Bathurst at the Bathurst weekend, Fred Gibson and Mike Raymond. I hope you'll stay with us. Well, Fred Gibson back at the mountain and, uh, well, a couple of cars you used to own all floating around here pristine and a lot of the people I talk to about historic cars or older cars, they say they're in better condition now if you went out to drive them than they were when we were racing them. Is that the case when you look at some of your old cars? Well, they've normally been restored by now, Craig, and the thing is, yes, they would be better because you don't forget, you know, even the 67 Falcon, even though it was probably one of Harry's car and a good car, like you see them now and the way they're done up again now, it's just like a brand new car again. And the GDR, it's here, like the Winfield car, I suppose the Winfield car being here is a genuine car that hasn't been touched. Um, when Lindsay Fox got the car, it was finished, it finished the race and that's how it is, it's been just displayed. Um, but it makes you look at the car now and think, wow, you know, haven't t cars changed over the period of time from a 67 Falcon to a, like a, GD, to a GDR sort of thing, really? Yeah, yeah. Motor racing today, does it still interest you the same way as it did when you were no. younger? No, no. It's amazing how you say that. Like, I look at the cars we had years ago, or drove years ago, and they were production cars made into race cars, but still like, you know, they were like a road car still, but now they're race cars. Nothing like a production car, are they really? And they're just like a, a race car with a body shell with a Ford or a Holden on it sort of thing. And we're interested to see where they go when they put a, like when they go Mustang and Camaro, say, uh, it's changed again. So you know, I hate to say it, but it's getting more like a NASCAR scene than sort of a touring car scene while we have in Australia. Yeah. What do you think has it meant to the public who watch motorsport? Do you find there's as much talk about motorsport? or you're just in a, a bit further removed now where you don't have those conversations anymore with uh, people? No, I think really the, you know, the sport are growing with the new category, what the category it is now, and I think they don't know what the old cars were like. Like, I'm an historian now, like I like going to historic race winning and seeing the old cars race around because most of them have been restored, they're immaculate, and they're brand new, but it's what we used to do. But like, you know, I think the general public these days, they look at the cars and think, well, that's what it is, and that's what it, that's what it wasn't the, back in the day but it's what it is now and we've got to go with it and uh, I think it's a great following they got and I think V8 Supercars are doing a good job of doing it but the whole thing is to us old guys you know it's nothing like our old cars or the cars we drove yeah you had such a remarkable career as a driver you then had an, a, a very successful career as an owner can you compare the two careers or is it like two totally removed parts of your life Oh, not really. It was part of my life, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad I achieved what I did in the time by being a driver and, and sort of won a few races and, and uh, working with manufacturers and sort of winning championships for the manufacturer. But I think the, uh, the second part of it, being involved in building the cars with a team of people, uh, like we had fought with, the, say, the Winfield team or the, or the GDRs, we had 40-odd people. And I think, uh, to me, that's pretty precious, knowing all those people who used to work for us. Still know most of them. Uh, still most of them are alive. Even I'm still going. So uh, that's what I cherish, really, what we did and what we achieved with the people we had uh, and the engineers. And the, it was just a class act. Uh, and I think I look back on that better than I do as a driver and what, we did, what I did as a driver. Yeah. We're standing here in the Heroes and Legends Pavilion at Bathurst and of course the GTR is, is behind us. 
I remember, and this is probably showing my age as well, I remember your press conference when you made the announcement to Holden. And I, one of the things that seared in my memory was the fact that I went with Holden because Ford's too fickle, they pull out all the time. And I guess over the years we have seen that and the bigger problem from this series and others is all the companies are pulling out. Yeah, I think well, it's manufacturing's changed now. Like, I suppose I, I look at the manufacturing of uh, motor vehicles Australia now, and and, and the, the, the the I suppose the public themselves or the work have priced themselves out of the out of the market. You know, labour charges here now and those sorts of things. And I think really we've lost those sort of people that were really geniuses in building cars here and producing cars here. So they're the sort of things you miss uh, as being an Australian. But the whole thing is like, you know, it's good to see the old cars still going around and I still enjoy being involved with the old people who used to work for us. So I suppose I'm, I am getting old, but uh, motor racing's changed and as change goes on, people change. One thing though is the people that you trained and you lifted the bar to a, another level with your team, that lifted the others that had to come and match you, but those people that you trained have not just stayed in Australian motorsport, they've gone all over the world. Oh yes, that's for sure, like you know, you, you, look, at, you look on some of the races going overseas, especially in GT racing that, a lot of, a, a lot, well not, not to our team, a lot of Australian uh, engineers and drivers like, and there's people working for BMW or Mercedes in G Germany and that, and they're ex-Australian sort of engineers, so like we should be quite proud of that, being picked to go overseas and, and uh, be involved in the development of cars. And. What about this weekend in particular? Do you have a uh, tip for Bathurst? Oh, it's, it's got to be a Holden or a Ford, hasn't it, really? But uh, so you've written the Nissan <laughs> off then? Oh, well, I'd, I'd say the Nissan, really, as, as in all due respect to the Nissan team, like it's not at the standard of a Commodore or a Falcon, really, in some ways. And uh, I, I give them top, top marks for doing what they've done in a limited budget and also a limited sort of like uh, car because the car was never designed to do what it did and Nissan, when Nissan were in the sport the car wasn't designed but it was like a product car that was in that era uh, and uh, have, a, have a go at like the V8s in the uh, Ford and Holden have been going for years I think yeah that's something that's going to be very difficult to beat you know and uh, I'd love to see a Nissan win but, but I really you know there's too many Ford and Holdens to win yeah well Fred, thanks very much for your time and uh, we wish you all the very best. Thanks, not a problem at all. Pleasure to speak to you. Well, Mike Raymond, congratulations. Inducted into a, another Hall of Fame. The uh, <laughs> list of those is uh, becoming almost uh, you're too right. long and you're, you're right, Craig. Um, I'm taken back by it. I, uh, you know, I'm not a racing car driver. I played a part on the other side of it with television. Um, but I, I, you know, with V8 supercars, did originally and what they've done now for me I think it's great you know I'm only too happy to be a part of it. How did you make the transition back in the days of the showground sports ground from being a fan to becoming a commentator? You haven't got enough tape. Oh, I've got plenty. <laughs> I uh, my background was uh, Speedway which I was uh, quite proud of. Um, it taught me something that was a little bit different that was a presentation, a showbiz element to things. Uh, in the early days of Speedway, it was a very, very down-to-earth, lethal business. There are a lot of uh, drivers were killed doing it. Uh, you could never treat it not seriously. But when I came into uh, to road racing via television at the invitation of Channel 7, I think they saw something like I might be able to bring something, a bit of showbiz element to it. 
Jeff Healy was a delightful uh, head of production and engineering at Channel 7. We got on famously. He, was, he still is to this day a great friend of mine. And uh, he gave me uh, a long rope. Uh, a lot of people in the sport didn't like it because they had this brash, raucous guy called Raymond uh, from the Speedway. Ugh, the Speedway coming into road racing. Well, let's face I, it, I, I Cams wouldn't even license a Speedway driver. No, that's true. But, you know, I think time really tends to dull memories and that's probably a good thing for sport. Uh, so I just brought my little bit of expertise to it and I learned a lot. We were able to do things. Race cam came along. Dick Johnson, who was like an out-of-work comedian driving a race car, but so natural in what he does. Peter Brock. They're all wonderful people. Uh, and I was able to bring uh, a couple of people to, uh, uh, to television by way of being commentators. And one of them was Alan Moffat, uh, still a great friend to this day. Very sceptical about the invitation until I showed him all the cars that everyone wanted him to drive and test for a special thing that we were doing on the television. So that worked uh, famously and uh, uh, I haven't looked back and uh, certainly the sport hasn't looked back here. Australian motorsport, not only racing drivers, mechanics have done so well overseas, but the engineering that uh, the ATN7 team was able to do revolutionised not just motorsport, but it went to golf and tennis and all across all manners of television broadcast and, and more particularly sports broadcasting. Uh, that's true. Um, Seven uh, brought race cam to the attention of most people in 1979 here at Mount Panorama uh, when Jeff's invention was put in uh, Peter Williamson's Toyota Celica. Uh, Peter uh, wasn't expected to talk. We pinned a microphone on him uh, at the start of the race and uh, six hours, 32 minutes later, he was still talking. We were very lucky he was a car dealer. He talked all day long. So that started it, and then of course it went to uh, the United States, to uh, Daytona and to Indianapolis, and then to Formula One. So we're delighted. That small little camera that Jeff Healy invented here at Mount Panorama Bathurst shook the world up a bit in motorsport. What has been your proudest moment in motorsport? Can you narrow it down to one? Yes. The day that I got my wife, Carol, to say she'd get married. And that, that was back in 1968. Uh, we've raised a family that are connected to motorsport. Uh, my son Andy calls uh, rugby league for uh, Fox. And uh, my son-in-law is a great sprint car technician. Uh, my daughter's been very well connected through motorsport. Uh, Keely, so, is a daughter and Grady, a son. It's been a family affair. And we've loved the involvement and I don't think we would know what to do without it. You and your brother were a dynamic juror at the beginning. Steve, uh, yes, uh, he was uh, a great asset to the sport of uh, Speedway. Called races everywhere. Uh, it was tremendous. Never lost for a word. He was a great uh, impresario of, of motorsport. And I, I feel probably could have gone on another five or ten years doing it. But you know what it's like in today's cut and thrust world. Uh, he's happy. Uh, for what he did in motorsport and he's got a number of logies for what he did in uh, current affairs so we're a happy family. Well it's been a remarkable life and uh, we wish you all the best and uh, a lot more of it. Good on you Craig, good boy. That's all we have time for this week on Inside Motorsport until next time round keep smiling and bye for now. 
Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.